right, all right, all right. Philium, my man, we're back. It's a great heavy music podcast with Alex and Phil. Phil, say hello to the fine folks at home. Hello, fine folks at home. How y'all doing? We're doing all right. We're doing okay. You know, living through the COVID. We're okay, but it's better now. Yes, it's all better now. It's all gone. Now, actually, I got vaccinated, brother. I got a little sick after the second one, though. I ain't gonna lie. Do you feel invincible now? No. But, um, I feel a little bit slightly more reassured, but we'll see. Yeah, who the fuck knows? It's a two-dose vax? Yeah, man. You gotta give them, like, three-ish weeks apart. I got I got the Pfizer. The Pfizer. And, uh, yep. You get it twice, and, um, supposed to be 95% effective. Still a 5% chance of utter destruction. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, but you'll be most likely fine. But yeah. Yes, yeah, so I hope everyone's doing all right. How thick uh, of a gauge thick, needle thick, is it for this vaccination? Is it one that's like a horse needle or is it just a regular? Yeah, it wasn't even that bad. It wasn't that bad. It was like a flu shot. But uh, I've been vaccinated for, you know, from anthrax and smallpox. I keep saying that, and it's true. And those are way worse than this thing. Why? Because... So, uh, uh, the anthrax gives you bizarre, can give you bizarre, like, uh, I don't know, emotional episodes. This fucking guy, when we uh, got the vaccine, we were going to Kuwait, we got it at Fort Hood. And in the middle of the night, and it had to be because of that, um, it could be a coincidence, probably not. He just started screaming. He just woke up like, ah, ah, ah. And everyone got out of bed and was like, what the fuck going on? And then, you know, looking at him and shit, and, then, and he just kind of stopped. We all just went back to bed. <laughs> I no. guess he had a, it was like he had a dream that he was falling to his death. He was like, ah! ah. And then uh, I assume, they say things like that can happen with the anthrax vaccine. So they said that there. Also, the smallpox one, they give you like 10 little needles in your shoulder, and you got to keep changing the bandage out until it scabs over and falls off and dispose of it uh, in a way that's conduce, uh, you know, comports with Oh, proper sanitation procedures. Anyway, it's a pain in the ass. It's annoying. It sucked. If only the Native Americans would have followed the appropriate protocol when they were offered the smallpox vaccine. You know, things have been so different. They just didn't adhere to the changing of the bandage. Yeah, that's that's what it was. I mean, it's a little known historical fact. Shame on them. I guess bandages everywhere. Yeah, exactly. They just bandages strewn about. I mean. Yeah, if you if you can still find them in the woods sometimes, if you excavated <laughs> old bandage. <laughs> Just kidding. They were gen- they were they were subjected to a genocide, and we acknowledge that. But it's fun to fuck around. Anyway, humor's humor. So I'm I'm doing great. You're doing great. Yep, life's You're good, man. Florida. We're we're ready to do some metal show here. I want to give a couple updates to the folks at home. The uh, End of year wrap up episode has been widely reviewed at one of our most listened to episodes. If you haven't checked that out for the end of 2020, go back and take a listen. If this is your first entree into the great heavy music podcast, this is the podcast where Phil and I review post 2000 releases, full albums of bands that we happen to love, where we think the album is great, objectively great. And we do that to save you time. If you're out there trying to find something new to get into, we only bring you great stuff. Phil brings you some trash sometimes, but I bring you great stuff. And if you ever have any interest, you can follow us on Facebook. Phil, what is our Facebook on Facebook? It's the Great Heavy Music Podcast Facebook page. Um, Just go there. And uh, we got some likes. We got Tom Yellen to uh, like our page, which is pretty cool. And uh, I like to post episodes there and updates uh, insofar as we are updating. So, and, yeah. And um, and on Twitter, I want to let everybody know on Twitter, you can find us at Great Heavy Music. So, at Great Heavy Music. And what I would like to do on this episode, Phil, is I'd like to gauge listener feedback and see who they feel is better. Whose album? My album that I picked for you, which is Path Watershed, or the album that you picked for me, by the Ocean Collective, and I'm trying not oh, to... I'm going to win that one I'll tell you right now. Okay, we'll see, buddy, but the fans will speak because you picked an album that's Phanerozoic 1, which is extraordinarily hard to type and spell, so we will see. Yeah, it, is, it doesn't flow off the tongue either, but 
That's fine. Um, yeah, we'll see. So that's where you guys can vote after this episode at Great Heavy Music on Twitter, and let's see how many we get saying Phil's album was better versus how many say my album was better. And then we can conclusively show Phil doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. That said, I haven't even told you my thoughts on the album, so I'm just going to leave it alone. Okay, are you ready to do a That's So Metal segment, or did you want to tell me something else about Facebook? Uh, no, I, I was thinking we, I'm going to start doing a Spotify. Uh, I got this idea. We should do a Spotify playlist and uh, put it out there and just throw like maybe our top threes on that thing. Yeah, that, that's a great idea. I have that in the Google Play Music and in the YouTube Music. If you have those streaming services, there are great heavy music playlists. Our year-end 2020 is in there. Our top five of Good. 2020 is in there. So great idea, Phil. Thanks. I've mentioned that many times on the episodes before, so I'm glad you're listening. Thank you. I have a That's So Metal segment for you. Are you ready for it? No. Go ahead. I was fumbling around with some interesting history. And what I consider to be perhaps the most that's so metal way to die. Have you ever? Well, I don't know. I think this might be number one. Have you ever heard of a guy named George Plantagenet, the Duke of Clarence? If you haven't heard of George Plantagenet, the Duke of Clarence, I don't know where you've been living, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) How could I not have heard of him? Well, he died on February the 18th of 1478, and the reason that I say that this might be the That's So Metal most is he was forced to death, but he had the right to select the method of death. So I suppose oh, okay. because he disgraced whomever or whatever it was that he did, they allowed him, because he was a duke, to select the manner of death. So he picked drowning in a barrel of Malmsey wine. Wow. Isn't that hardcore as shit? That is, man. Who would pick drowning? Wow, what the fuck? That's like one of the all-time fearful ways, uh, or feared ways to go. And right? in a in a barrel, like think about how hard you'd be pounding the side of that. F- just the animal instinct in you to rebel and push back. You'd be pushing so hard against that fucking barrel wall and lid. You'd be like, you know, trying to contain an elephant in there. So like, what? Okay, so they, I guess they would have put him in the barrel and then just shut the barrel, like sealed it. They had to have. Right? Yeah, they, did, they should have left them in there and just surprise for somebody with that barrel one day. It's a vintage 1478 <laughs> Malmsey wine with the Duke yeah. of Clarence in it. Tastes a little bit like, tastes a little bit like blood and bone marrow. <laughs> it tastes a lot like, like George Plantagenet, flesh. Duke of Clarence. <laughs> right. If I didn't know better, <laughs> I, I would say, say this, this barrel's full of George Plantagenet. Or whatever <laughs> the most famous Duke in all of Clarence, I swear by. Yeah. It tastes just like him. Yeah. So okay, uh, that is super metal, right? Hardcore a fuck, as Katie would say. She made she made that mistake one day, which I never let her live her down. When you see her again, please tell her. If you want to say AF, it's just hardcore A-fuck, because she fucked that up. So, are you ready to play the Rock, Paper, Scissors, Shoot, Hardcore A-fuck with me? Yeah. All right, I got one. I got a real curveball on mine. Okay, uh, I don't have anything yet. I'm going to come up with it on the spot. All right, you want me to help you buy some time? Um... I can help you buy some time. One. Just the silent air is better. <laughs> I got I got something. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Don't give me some half-assed shit. I got something good. Do you need a minute? I can I can fill the ear of our listener. All right. Let me give me a second. All right. Okay. So here's what we got, listener. After I beat Phil's ass in Rock, Paper, Scissors, Shoot, which again, in case this is the first time you've ever listened to our show, Rock, Paper, Scissors, Shoot, anything you want to do is a game that's inspired by my son, Avery, who said... You can play rock, paper, scissors, but then you just blurt something out. Occasionally, we'll do a category. We'll say something has to be within a certain category. And occasionally, we'll just randomly do whatever comes to mind. That one is far more common. So this week, I'm going to play against Phil. If I win, I get to select whether or not we listen to his thoughts on my album first, or I have to tell him what I think about his album first. So that's what we're about to do. I'm ready to destroy him because I have a little bit of a curveball and I can tell by his face, I think he's ready to go. Are you ready to go? I'm ready, man. It's quite imaginative. You gotta, you gotta take a journey with me here. All right, we'll see. Rock, right. paper, paper, scissors, scissors shoot. shoot. 
anything any, you want to do. Frosty the Snowman. A giant grenade full of ninja stars. How giant? Watermelon. Oof. It's hollowed out full of ninja stars. But it's got enough. It's got like gunpowder in it, so it blows up. Can we at least agree that because Frosty the Snowman is a magical and b made of snow, you stand no chance to hurt me? No, oh, cut off the snow. Cut off the snow. Yeah. <laughs> Because you cut the shit out of... What does it land if he steps on it and it blows him up? He goes all over the place. Let me ask you this. Yeah, but then he come. He congeals right back together because he's magic. If you put a knife, you start stabbing the water. Do you cut? It's just frozen water. If you cut, if you cut a snowman's arm off, you've cut. You've he's armless. That's a branch, and he's magical. So yeah, no, a snowman's arm is a branch. No snowmen have snow arms. Always. First of all, frosty snow. Arms are branches, so there. I'm pretty sure they are, and he's got a carrot look nose. Look them up. Do they look like branches? Maybe not, but if he's <laughs> if they are snow and not branches, he's even more invincible. I think you need to concede defeat on this one because he's uh, fucking magical. Magic. If there was a so what, what would I beat him with? A fire? I don't think you could so beat Frosty the Snowman. How could he's mad? He would just go. He would just like disappear, and so then nothing beats Frosty. I think we just found the invincible, immortal Frosty the Snowman. So you're telling me if we were all, if Frosty the Snowman wanted to dominate and enslave the human race, he could he could do it. I don't think he could be so assertive. He is only a snowman. But if you were, if he were nefariously trying to run amok amongst humanity, how could we capture him? I think he starts to melt in the show. From what like, oh, cause? No. Huh? Is it from a law a lack of belief in him? I think it's something like that. That it, you're thinking of Freddy Krueger. <laughs> <laughs> I think you are trying to um, expect All that right, your watermelon full of ninja stars would have any impact on a snowman. At the worst, they would go right through him, and at the best, they'd stick in him, and then he'd throw them back at you. They wouldn't stick in him; they'd blow him up. But if he can come back together, wait a second. Does the grenade of Ninja Stars also contain explosive material like a bomb, or is it just shoot out yeah, all of the Ninja Stars? It Ninja Stars everywhere. Okay, but yeah, but that's different than an explosion along with the Ninja Stars. Are, are Is there, like, gunpowder or napalm or whatever the hell else is in a grenade? That. Yeah, remember I said it has powder in it. Yeah, it's going to blow up like a grenade. It's going to shoot fucking Ninja Stars all over the place. You know, it's going to cut off the snow. That's why I said cut off snow. Yeah, that's why you said cut up, because dynamite cuts shit up. Grenade, the explosive created by a grenade cuts stuff. I'm pretty sure I won this one. The shrapnel, but okay, all right, fair enough. All right, that's fine. I'll I will give you this. I wouldn't be able. Close, I'm pushing the issue. Frosty the Snowman would not be able to subdue you if you were like an aggressor or something, something that was immune to attack. Because I couldn't really hurt you as Frosty the Snowman, but I'm, I'm pretty sure Frosty the Snowman is invincible from a slice attack. So anyhow. It's right. been settled. You've conceded. I think that was the right move. You're a professional and a diplomat. I want you to tell me what you think about Opeth Watershed because I love that band. You and I have seen that band together. Opeth is a complete trailblazer. Basically, there are two people in the world who listen to metal. Metallica fans and Opeth fans. Like It depends on... Somebody's going to say, oh, you know where my influence is in metal? It's either Metallica or Opeth. It's basically like the two mothers of all metal music in my opinion so about maiden a little bit but uh yeah you're probably right probably right maiden in the in the power kind of uh you know clean vocal realm thrash is metal thrash is metal and then prog dark death it mellow death that's all opeth so you're probably right it's a three-legged race so okay i want to know what you think about opeth watershed while i start pulling up uh, some of the tracks here for our listeners and then i want to kind of get your thoughts all right, cool. So, uh, you know, I was, I was reading about this album, and uh, it seemed like really divisive. I don't really see why. I thought it was, I thought it was really strong. Me uh, too, man. Not necessarily their best album by any means. They've had better albums, but it's still a really good album. Speaking worth speaking of that speaking of that issue, let's do at some point in time in the next couple months. Let's do a Opeth like top five album rundown. I think we should sure. do a full Opeth episode because they're just epic. Yeah, I'll tell you my number one right now if you want. But um, the uh, 
yeah, anyway, it's got more prog rock influence, I guess, than some of their other stuff. Uh, and you can see the transition uh, they're making. You can, it's pretty, it's pretty obvious. But so I don't know. It goes, it goes pretty well with the music. There's some blues in there too, jazzy blues. Um, so we can go through track by track like we normally do. Yeah, I'm playing and, Co- um, Coil right now. Is underneath you while you're speaking. Song, even though it's very short, I, I love that uh, that creepy little acoustic intro. It's dun, 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 dun. and then the strumming. It like interrupts itself. It's so quick. And then I don't know if this is supposed to be a concept album or what, because it seems like he's um, he's singing from a character's point of view. Um, like when I get out of here, uh, you know, when I leave you behind, I don't know who he's leaving behind. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's it's a pretty intro, and I like when the the lady sings. I don't know who that is, but really just pretty eerie atmosphere. Except the tone goes really well with the cover art. This I don't know, 18th century dude looking out a window thinking about his holdings and how he's going to I don't know what bequeath his stuff to people is what I think it is because the next song Heir Apparent uh, seems to be talking about an heir of some kind obviously and that's a fucking awesome song man it was really hard for me to pick a top three because I love so many of these I'm really like glad this one has I'm really glad to hear that I was a little bit worried that you were going to think it was just kind of too soft at times and that was probably yeah. why you hear that divisiveness I'm guessing if, if you've read kind of the reviews is that the complaint it's too soft or too light I, yeah I guess uh, yeah like they lost their both kind of uh, I don't think people people whenever a band makes a big shift uh, stylistically there's always there's a ton of people that fucking shell over. Like when Metallica went to like start doing shit like load and reload. Right. Everyone fucking some people hated. I'm like they're still now they're just a really good rock band. Who cares? Hey, um, f- hey, Phil. I was I was taking a look here and it's it seems like uh, Wikipedia is saying that this album is about George Plantagenet, Duke of Clarence. Oh my god. <laughs> god, I should have seen it coming. It was right in front of my face this whole time. What an imbecile. <laughs> <laughs> look at him. He's the cover art's him staring out. He's doing a list of his uh, coolest ways to die. Right. It's figuring out. It's a it's, it's a barrel of uh, blood pouring out instead of wine. You're right. He's a big Tommy Boy fan. He loves the part where he goes town the fish people in the barrel. <laughs> I'm gonna go with a barrel of wine. Uh, anyway, so Air Parrot, awesome song. I like how it has this long, drawn out, bombastic intro, and then it does the same riff that it had in the beginning, right after that, in a piano form. So it really shows you their commitment to the atmosphere. You know, yep. the sort of melancholy atmosphere. And that first song, that first song is so light and gentle, and the second just starts out so foreboding. You're like, ooh. Yeah. Um, and I like, the, I don't know exactly what he's saying, but he goes, he goes, da 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 da, da da, like the way he's screaming, and he does that a couple times, and I think that sets such a great flow. And then it ends in some really cool distorted kind of ways, and it, you can really see that they're still committed to being progressive. Still, this is still a progressive metal album. Today. It's not rock yet. Um, so that's a really good song. Not a top three, but a great song. Lotus Eater, definitely a top three. Um, that I love that doo 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 in the beginning. Yep, I know. That's, that's what we got going right here. Yep. Fun with it. Yeah. Um, and then he goes right into right into some heavy cool shit. Rumor, ha- um, rumor has it this is what George Plantagenet would hum in the mornings. Yeah. This was. I mean, this this is. If I know George Plantagenet, which I don't. This is like this is like his favorite song. And then he says, "Liquid is in my throat." Yeah. Liquid oh my is in my throat. We're just getting beaten over the head with clues, and we just didn't. Seriously, how do you miss this? I, I'm ashamed. I'm not a very investigative uh, mind, I guess, when it comes to absurdly metal ways to die and the musical. <laughs> but anyway, so this is um, this is an awesome song. Uh, it really da, is. Da, da. Um. Well, I love that when he goes, he says, I think he says prepare or someone will die, but he's like, prepare to die. He likes pauses. Yes. <laughs> it's, like, it's so fun. This is, this is so fun. Um, and then it does a little echo part where he's like, oh. and then um, just, just, just wait, the interlude, man, where he'll, he'll, it, it abruptly stops. And then he'll, um, he says, cries it out. He just cries out. He does it a couple times with different lyrics such a good structure the song never loses your focus even long as shit well it's pretty it's almost nine minutes it never but, feels like nine minutes right it varies so many times in there that you're like oh this is cool i'm with it yeah there are a couple songs on here that i do think feel as long as they are yes this one is not one of them. 
I agree. The um, back half runs a little long. I do agree. Yeah. But uh, love it. And it's got, there's obvious rock influence in here. There's progressive metal. Like that, most of the riffs are pretty metal. Um, this, this part right here, what he says, you are stuck yeah, in a bit. That part yeah. is so catchy. Yeah. And that, I like the way it stops and then does this like vortex sound like back and it gets right into it. Yep. So uh, just a lot of fun. There's this out. It's it's a lot of uh, just fun, cool shit going on. So you can't. I, I don't know how you can be bored listening to this song. As we go to the next one, though, Phil, tell me, is that one in your top three? It's got to be. Yeah, I I almost thought this was. I was thinking it's my favorite one for a while. I think the, like the Lotus Eater. Um. No, I'm on air. I'm on Burden. Okay, so we we we're, we're, go, we're going we're going pl- we're I'm playing Burden right now, and that's what we're listening to. But I'm asking you about Lotus Eater. Was Lotus Eater in your top three? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah okay, great. Yeah, absolutely, it was. Yeah. So then uh, Burden and, comes and, right behind it. Yeah, and Burden's like my, my favorite one on the album. I don't know why I like it so much. Nothing wrong it's, with that. It's beautiful piano intro. It's all soft. It's very soulful. Uh, you know, not that it, by this point in his career, it's pretty obvious that Michael Ackerfeld has the chops to pull this off. But it's still nice for him to show you every once in a while he can be just soft and warm, you know, and uh, just very emotional. And the, the delivery of these lines is so good. When he's like, he's like, he's like, I don't know how he what he's saying exactly, but the way he delivers it, man, it's so perfect. It sounds yeah, very, it sounds very you. sounds very damnations esque, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You could have definitely put this on damnation. Um, just a really pretty song. Um, yeah, it, it's just uh, just pretty. Man. Anyway, yeah, I, I'm always happy when I listen to it. So it might be my favorite one. Yeah. And don't you think um, that the juxtaposition of these three songs in a row, though, Lotus Eater, and before that, I'm trying to go back to the name here. So it was. Air Apparent, Lotus Eater, and Burden. And that's a lot of music. That's two nine-minuters and a seven-minuter. But damn, if that's like that trio is powerful. It just flows so organically and it sounds great. Yeah. And it adds to the theory, I guess, that it's a concept album. It's like, like this guy, sometimes someone losing their family or something. Like he's gonna give, he's gonna leash at the people that don't love him or or whatever they're falling out with. It's not clear. But um beautiful uh let's get towards the end of it, it just, you want to skip to the end yeah it just kind of does a nice it's like a little acoustic part at the end yeah 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 it's, well there's an electronic kinda, part at the end we're just gonna drones out yep yeah i love it um just great song so top three we're already at two of my top threes okay let's jump to porcelain heart the porcelain heart. I'm gonna play this. Um, I really love when you got no flow and you're like, yeah, I'm listening to this, and there's like a fucking ad that pops up, and you're like, oh, sorry, let's talk a little bit more about this shit about the player running around and acting like she's not. You know, the fucking like pills. Take these pills and you'll be wearing vests and mountain biking and shit. Right, exactly. Um, Everything in your life will be perfect all of a sudden. Right, everything's bright as shit, like colors that aren't even naturally that vibrant. Um, so anyway, Porcelain Heart, though, this is another song that does the um, that technique with uh, that um, Air Apparent does, where it does a long, bombastic, drawn-out riff, and then it does the same thing, but in a different form. It did it with piano and Air Apparent. This one, it does it's guitar both times, but it's like it does it electric to acoustic. You know? Yep. Uh, so. Uh, and he's like, uh, da, 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 da. very eerie, very pretty. And I, this is the song I believe that has that cool distortion that comes in from time to time. That and it picks up, does it a couple of times. And I think it's neat that they don't. The song is actually uh, pretty cyclical. It doesn't really change a whole lot, but it's um, that part's cool enough that you you're glad it comes back. And I think in this one he, he's like, and um, where's the end? Yeah. Yeah, when he, when he says pretty. I when he says I lost all I had after that really macabre intro, you're just like, damn, this guy's yeah. the man. Yeah, I lost all I had, right? Yeah, um, yeah, very open. Uh, yeah, just super melancholy. Another, I mean, you could say uh, there's a lot of shit that Opeth does. You could say could fit on Damnation, but um, 
Yeah, this part. Towards the end, where he does that like lullaby sounding singing. Right. Uh, really pretty and tragic. Uh, very good song. Not one of my favorites, but very good. You know, I don't really turn it off. No, no songs won't get that turn off. Uh, then my top, my third or top three is Hesse and Peel. With a cool bluesy guitar intro. That's so neat. You know that. Yep. You'll hear it. But, um, and then it has this really, really pretty, neat, sing songy kind of frolicky riff. You don't, you'll hear it. You don't talk about, uh, that shit. Um, this song, this is the one song, though, that I think draws on a little long. You can start to really kind of feel it. For me, Oh, 11, 11, minutes, 11, 11 and a half minutes. minutes. I mean, it's a real journey. And at this point in the album, I'm kind of like, if they would, I wish they would have tightened it up. That's my only complaint about this album is this song, a little tight. Yeah, but right in the middle, it's got this very emotional riff, and it, it's like dun, 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 dun. it builds up, and it's just it's a, it's like an outpouring of uh, emotion. It's almost like this kind of like resolution. Um, and there's a lot of good growling after that too. Like six and six minutes in, he's like killing it. Growls and it's, and it's really getting prog metal again. And might be probably their last like their little spawn song of uh, their brutal stuff. I don't know if there's a whole lot of brutal and hex and mega. And then that's probably it. Yep. Because they don't really do any growls anymore, right? So yeah, so this... I guess Hesse and Peel might be one of the last, if not the last, uh, brutal Opeth song. Yeah, man. Kind of neat. Um, so I guess in that sense too, you feel a little obligated to put up there on higher own list. But it's a great song. I think it's an awesome song. Um, it's got a lot of influences: prog metal, blues. It's powerful. It's fucking awesome. Definitely check it out. And then Hexamega, another really cool riff. But the thing is, I kept getting these riffs mixed up in my head because they're they're all kind of long and they're all kind of creepy. And so, like, I would, for the longest time, I was like, wait, is that one Porcelain Heart? Is that one this? That one that? Um, I think it's this, um, a really solid outro. I guess if you wanted to leave on the biggest note, I would have switched this with Hesse and Peel. Right. But, um, but whatever. Um, this one has a cool, like, organ sound. I don't know if that's an organ or not, but it sounds, like, eerie. And then the, the riff that actually kicks in the main riff about a minute or so in is, like, dreary kind of trippy almost like you're it's like if you're sitting at home and you're bored out of your mind or you're in a creepy old house and you're just exploring it and you're fucking you're a little bit scared and you're also a little tired i don't know but like um like just dreary as hell man it's great atmosphere perfect uh again this they're so great at making an atmosphere you know like draw you in man you cannot you're a little bit like, oh, this is a little depressing. Like, uh, but then you're also like, I got to keep listening to it. It's fucking just too good. Um, but Hexomega, it picks up a little bit midway through and then um, kind of does that same kind of riff again. It's not that long. It's seven minutes, which comparatively isn't so bad. And then it has a nice end. That really, just a nice riff, kind of a rock riff. And I think... Uh, that mixed with some of the other parts that are definitely prog rock or just rock uh sort of give you a, a bridge to their kind of new approach to shit after this album you know what i mean so i think it starts it's a transition album in a lot of ways and um i don't know i think it does a good job of preparing you for what they're going to be doing you know after this so uh that was the end of that that's all i heard there's some like other additions with other shit that i didn't listen to i didn't i don't know if i'm supposed to if it's a part of the album, like Bridge of Sighs and Derelict Herds, I didn't hear that stuff. The, so they, I don't know if they were, were great songs. Those songs were um, not on my album. When I had the right. physical album, they were not on there. So Yeah, yeah, I did that. Okay, good, because I went to the other one. Like, I went to, like, the original album, and I saw all this shit, and then I saw these YouTube playlists with these other songs. I'm like, what's this shit? Is this supposed to be... I'm supposed to be listening to this? But, um, not that I would have minded. But anyway, so, yeah, I think it's a very strong album. You know, I mean, it suffers a little bit because Opeth has such a great catalog that it's like it's hard to be. You know, it's hard. It's hard to fuck with Orchid or uh, Morning Rise or, or Blackwater, Blackwater Park. Park. Yeah, Jesus Christ, or Deliver. I mean, there's so much good shit. Um, so it's you know, you're gonna you feel 
like you find yourself comparing it to that as unfavorable in a sense because it's not as good as those probably but it's still a strong album definitely worth listening to and i'm glad you recommend it i had a great time listening to it well i'm i can't say for sure phil but i, I want to say this was the tour that they were on when you and i saw them with the prognation dream theater and oh, really? uh between the barrier me colors this came in, out in 08 when, around the same time frame yeah i mean because i'm trying to think about when that was i, I my guess is no actually you know what i think we probably missed we were that was probably a year or two before pull that up if you would while while i'm kind of spewing sure. some thoughts the here i want to see when that nation. was because i don't remember them playing tracks off this album at that tour i know they tore it up and it was a fucking great show but i don't remember hearing any of these tracks on that tour so i i suspect that it was before but it was right about the same so I'm time right now could have been um but one of the reasons I wanted to give you this one was because I know you and I are such big Opeth fans that the earlier catalog we already know really well. So I wanted to give you something that I expected you probably hadn't heard much of. This was kind of the last one that I really, really got into. Then they had a couple uh, lighter ones. I think one was Sorceress that I really liked quite a bit that was all clean vocals. It was still definitely valuable, but not in any way heavy or prog-y in the way that this is with yeah. the combining the dark and the light. So, and it was also, this is the first album where they lost their longtime drummer, which I believe it's Martin uh, Lopez. And he went on to go start the artist. Soen, S O E N, uh, who you and I got to interview on the metal cruise last year. And Soen's a great band. And he was a great influence in Opeth. One of the best metal drummers ever. And his, you know, stylings in terms of the jazzy stuff that on was on Damnation, some other stuff that I'll save for our later episode when we do just about Opeth. I wanted you to tell me kind of what your thoughts were with that change of guard with him no longer behind the kit. And I thought the drums were really excellent on this album. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't even question or realize that it happened. So yeah, I guess that's something that's uh, that's a kind of a you know argument in favor or a statement in favor of the of the new drummer. You exactly, know? it wasn't like it was. They didn't do what Metallica did to Jason Newstead, where they're like, all right, you're a new guy. We're just going to kind of like, you're not going to be in this album, really. Right. Or Injustice for All. Remember that when they tuned it down to him so much? Yeah, they're, there. people are going to ask, were you even on that album? But no, this guy yeah. I thought they did a great job with, and I'm really happy to hear that you enjoyed it as much as I did. I always get the first three or four tracks, like a little element of each one, I get stuck in my head, and I can't pull it out. And I, I yeah. love that about this album. It just keeps drawing me back to it. Yes. No, I, I totally hear you. I, I, Lotus Eaters is oh, so easy to come back to. Right? So yeah, I'm almost here finding this fucking set list here. Um, so go ahead. Yeah, and now, was it before 08? Well, it was in 2008, but the set list, if this is the right one with the Constitution Hall, May 26th, 2008. Does that sound right? That's yeah, in DC. In DC, yeah. They played Demon of the Fall, The Bang of the Hounds, To Rid the Disease, Reef. They did play Air Apparent. And they played the Drapery Fall. Okay, so they so, played one song from this album. So it must have either been a prelude to it or... Let me see. Yep. I remember being so happy they played the Drapery Fall. Because we heard, we heard White Walls, the Drapery Falls, and also Metropolis Part 1 all in the same fucking concert. How ridiculous. I know. That's like a that's a that's long like, time, probably best ever. I mean, that's a really... Yeah, it's hard to top that. Man. Huge lineup right there. So... Okay, man, I'm really glad. Anything else you want to share with our listeners about uh, this album in particular? No, if you like this, if you find, if you're not, uh, if you're not super familiar with Opeth, um, if and you like this, then you should definitely check out Damnation. Uh, we mentioned that a couple times when we were talking about the review, but I really think that's um, that's a classic, great Opeth album. And I think if they, whoever enjoyed this, would enjoy that too. And that, please check out Orchid if you're into progressive metal. We're going to talk more about Opeth when we do an episode about it, but God damn, that's a great album. Get into them. Great. Yeah. One of the best ever, man. T top three with them, Metallica, and, and Iron Maiden. No question. So. Yeah, they're fucking awesome. All right, let's jump into Phanerozoic 1, Paleozoic by The Ocean. Okay. I, yep. I'm i hoping you'll be able to... Uh, this is the opening song. It's just an intro song called The Cambrian Explosion. I'm hoping yeah. you'll be able to give our listeners some insights because I know you're a fan of these guys. Um, mm -hmm. and I have been a fan of them for a while, but I want to kind of go back and forth with you because the bottom line is I really like this album and I, I really <laughs> like this band. They're from Germany. They're a progressive metal band. I got into their stuff 
I had one album I bought, physical hard copy, in college, or excuse me, in high school, which was their orange album called Precambrian. And I remember at mm -hmm. the time thinking like, you know, I really love the music, but I'm not such a big fan of the vocals. I think it was all harsh, and I think it was a different guy. I mean, the, the sound was very different. Just the, the vocals were very different. But the album oh, was just... Guy. Fuck that guy. Right? What a son of a bitch. But then, in college, I got the album Pelagial, and that one was Strong. much more in this kind of vein, where they really had turned a corner, they had a little bit of clean singing, the growls are awesome, and that's when I really started to fall in love with them. So I'm kind of embarrassed that I did not get into this album. I had never even heard it before he recommended it to me, maybe a track or two, but never heard the whole thing through. And uh, I really like it. Really, really like it. I got some thoughts Good. for you on the uh, other tracks. The Cambrian Explosion is a cool intro, sets the tone with the synths, and then they go into Cambrian mm -hmm. 2. And I'm going to pull up my notepad here because there's some oh, yeah. things I... Um, yeah, and so, you know, this, these guys, they, um, they sing about things that are fairly esoteric, I guess. Uh, you know, major... Um, I don't know what, the, what exactly the term would be, but like uh, major all... events in the extinction record and the fossil record. Hey, they're all geological uh, terms. Like I looked up Phrenozoic and it's yeah. a 551 million year period from the Cambrian era to the present. I said, that's a small window. It's basically yeah, all right. animal and plant life in all like, you know, what I guess you could consider a modern time geologically. It's all life. Of yeah, and then the, right, the Cambrian explosion is like when most of the shit started appearing in the fossil record I was reading and um, pretty intense. Uh, it's very, it's like the heaviest shit topics you could talk about if you really think about it, right? Except yeah. for like space, the universe. But uh, it's like, this is, I mean, this thing about extinction events that are like, like unfathomable. Yes. Uh, so grand, so grandiose. Cool. Yeah. So, okay, what do you think about this song, uh, Eternal Recurrence? Love this song. Uh, I said there's a lot to like here. The recurring synth part the do, 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 is very catchy and echoey. The early raspy vocals, but quickly pair into the dynamic of the clean and raspy. You know, we've talked about that so many times on the show where I love well-done, harsh vocals juxtaposed with clean vocals, and they're all in unison. They're working powerfully together, and that's how I feel. They got it down. They have that down here. It's almost like a question-answer. I've talked about that before where it's like a question-answer, question-answer between... The style and feel of the harsh and the and soft, and they just flow perfectly. Uh, no complaints about this song. Love it. I come back to it. It's a great early hitter, and really the first full track on the album, uh, I get down to it every time. So that's my thoughts yeah. on that one. Do you like the part where he says, we'll always be reversed? The way he says that, so eerie and haunting. Yeah. Uh, I was saying that forever as I heard that. And it's about the song, the eternal the recurrence is like a... It's a, it's a needy contest, I guess, not just him, but basically that everything that is happening has already happened and will keep happening right. in the universe. And so that's why I said we'll always be reversed, I guess, it mean, it's not really reversing, I guess, but it goes in circles. Kind of neat. My, uh, so. my next, the next song is actually my favorite song on here, which is Ordovicium. Actually, okay. you know what? I don't, I don't know that I can say that. Uh... Yeah, it is. It is. Hard, my my number two is the one after this where he says, "I am super," fun, but we'll get into that. Um, yeah, dude, I know, I know what part you're talking about. You know where that's going. <laughs> track track <Yeah>. three, <laughs> Ordovicium, the glaciation of Gondwana. Gondwana is the name of the landmass that all the continents, when they were lumped all together, did you know that? I always thought that was like Pangaea, but I guess it's Gondwana too. I don't know if there's different formations that were. Things or what? Could be, right? but that's the way I just a quick research on uh, the old Googles yeah. there that Gondwana was like the big lump before there all the tectonic plates shifted, and then you uh, had all the separation of the continents. And the, what my notes for this song in particular, the band is very elemental. There's like different elements. It's like chunks. It, the song structures you very unique. Like you wouldn't. Um, it's, it's so far away from, like, intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, verse, chorus, outro. Like, if you had to pick a standard song format of, like, a Breaking Benjamin or a radio-style rock band or something, it's so far away from this style. It's like there's just 
they, they have these ideas that they just kind of like plunk down and they chunk them. And the songs are really hard to identify like the, the latter portions with the early portions because the chunks don't feel congruous, but they flow really well. I hope I'm making sense of what I'm trying to explain. It's like you, it's like going to a fantastic meal and forgetting what the fourth course was because the first and second courses were really, really good. And the third course was really, really good. But you're like, what was the fourth course? You know, it, it, there's just so much packed into these songs. But this is my favorite song when he screams, I turn the tables on you. And he says, um, when he says, make believe. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, you were never here. Make yeah. Believe. It's very uh, eerie, right? Like uh, haunting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was just going to talk about that part. That's what draws you in. It's like, a, I guess it's the chorus. But it's, uh, yeah, it's just, um, it's like fuzzy sounding to me. I don't know what that, how to describe that. It's just like it's. It's almost soothing in a way. Love this song. This, uh, this is the song, song for me that really, I was like, wow, this is going to be a friggin' awesome album. And th this to me has got so many pieces and lumped in together. And that one part just sticks, sticks with you. Like you can't get rid of that part out of your head. All right. Yeah. Any thoughts on that one, Phil? No, I think it's a, it's a very, very strong song. It's not one of my favorite top three, but it's up there. I love it. One of my definite top three. All right, I'm going to go to the next one here. Silurian, Age of Sea Scorpions. And okay. I think anyone who's ever heard of this album can obviously immediately recognize this song as, you might as well just call it, I am super fucked, and all yep. I really want <laughs> is to sleep, sleep now. And, uh, That's a perfect part. Right? And then it's such a cool... It's a slower track with lots of clean singing, incredible piano parts after that. It's a longer track, but I think it flows really well. Um, and, and interestingly, like the first day that you sent this to me, which is quite a while ago now, I listened to it while I was working, and I just had it playing while I, while I was working, and I listened to it two or three times through because I enjoyed it, and it was... It flowed naturally like that. There was no... It wasn't distracting. It was... I just could get into it. I felt it. And then th the first time through, he says, I am super... F and that was what I immediately pulled out as the one nugget from this album that I was like, well, that's really cool. I knew you were going to like that part, man. I knew it. It's just so unique. Like, in this... Such a high-level, intellectual, geologically focused, grand album... They, they didn't feel like it was too out of place to just say I am super fucked <laughs> because yeah. well, that's, uh, that's, that's as much the, life it's uh, a funny thing about the lyrics man they're very uh, like relatable they're personal relationships and um, and not even and like not particularly highbrow except that they're talking there it's juxtaposed with these very highbrow concepts you know? right right yeah it's, it's to me you know saying that is is as human as the continent spreading and all of us reliving these same sure. things like you know, the human experience is all kinds of places on the spectrum, including just putting your head in your hands and saying, I am super fucked. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the inner workings of, you know, of, or the pieces of relationship of a species. I mean, in a way, it's perfectly in line, but it's just funny to fucking hear it because they're here expressed like that. So, so here, you know, this, up to this stage, we've had a two minute intro, a seven or eight minute song, then a four and a half, then a nine or 10. So, we're building up to, you know, 20 minutes in here. And then the next song is the Devonian Nascent, which features Catatonia. And you and I both love Jonas Rensky and, and have been big fans of him since he was on some of the Arion albums and uh, The Great Cold Distance. And, um, God, there's some others I'm drawing a blank on right now that I really, really love. Um, but this song I have a little bit of critique about. At this phase of the album... I start to feel like it gets a little long, this one, and then the next one, which is the instrumental, that's kind of a palate cleanser, but the palate cleanser is like three minutes. So, I don't know. I, I, my Let me sum it up by saying my top three are all in the first half. My top three are tracks three, number one, Silorian four is number two, and my number three was the Cambrian two, the Eternal Recurrence. I really, really love the first half of the album. The second half of the album, I don't ever skip or turn off. I listen through it, but it doesn't. There's nothing from it that sticks with me as much as the earlier half, and 
this song in particular I thought was a little odd because this part is beautiful at the beginning with Jonas Rensky. He does this perfectly. Like this first part that we're listening to right now where he's singing and the tonality and this to me is right i mean this part is like better candidly than the last catatonia album had on the entire album on city burials it's better than anything i heard on that album so it it went really well but i just kind of wish that they had let him do his thing maybe a little longer and not get back to the main singer because i just felt like that was forced a little bit i don't know if you felt that same way do you do you really like this one uh, I, I can see why it goes longer. I didn't mind the flow or the um, when the when they go back to it, but it is a long song, so I, maybe uh, yeah, maybe that's part of it too. Maybe feeling like um, you wouldn't have that critique if the song was buttoned up a little bit. Yeah, I mean, uh, eleven minutes. You know, we had that on Opeth, and there's definitely concern can disappear. You know, the the energy can kind of dissipate, and um, I don't know. I just kind of felt like the back half. Somebody said, "What's your critique of the album?" I would say that the back half, it, to me, is markedly weaker than the front half. Not to the extent that I dislike it or that I think it sucks at all. I I love this album. My only critique is that I think it uh, drags on a little in the back. And then, especially because there's a second album to this, which came out in 2020, which I kind of would like to know your thoughts if you think that that one is actually better than this one. Um, it's hard to say, man. It, I mean, I haven't listened to all of it, but I've listened to. It. A good bit of it, and it's <laughs> strong, man. I don't know. Well, I have, to, I, have to, I have to give it some more listens. I'm gonna do the same because I really got into this one quite a bit, and I I haven't, other than a couple songs you've sent me, like Jurassic, which is an incredible song. I haven't got into the new one. I know Jonas shows back up and sing again on that one, uh, so yes. I'm interested to see. You know, if you had like a two disc set and you had these two and you played them back to back, that's a serious commitment of time. Kind of like. Um, Oh man, I'm drawing a blank on the name of the, the band that had Swallow the Sun. They had like this three-part album that was like two and a half hours long, really, really long. Um, so to some people, it's cool, and you know, I, I think I'm also getting to a different phase in my life, being here in Florida, where it's sunny and it's warm all the time, and I can always go do stuff. Where I used to be really into kind of depressed, slower, just misery metal in the sense that like you didn't want to go outside and your days were long and the sun wasn't up. And now I've gotten more into the speedier stuff. I'm like, come on, let's get on with it, because I can go outside and play tennis and basketball, and I, I got so much I can go do out here year-round. I think it's really shifted my metal palette a little bit, but that's all personal stuff. If you like sure. progressive metal, that's harsh vocals and clean singing. If you like that style and you like variation, you like um, variety, you're not going to find anybody who's doing it much better than these guys. These guys are kicking ass. Do you want to go? Um, yeah, here, man. Do you want to just skip the instrumental because I kind of gave you thoughts on that too? Yeah, the, the, the carboniferous, the coniferous rainforest is the instrumental that kind of cleans you between the very last one. I don't know anything about the carboniferous rainforest. Anything about what that means, Phil? What we go into? I didn't look that one up. I looked up uh, the great dying, which if you really, I'm gonna, we'll talk about that. Holy shit! Yeah, that's but, um, song. Let's look up the carboniferous rainforest. Um, Let's look the, look that up while I'm ch chatting with you about Permian. Okay. Even though I have a little bit of complaint that it, it waxed on a little long at the back half, this is an undeniably great song. There are some... Yeah. El yeah. You like this one? Is it really? Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, there's a lot of great little nuggets in here that if you stick through it long enough, that... Again, I felt like that instrumental before it kind of buried this one, you know? Like... If we had gone right from Jonas's 11-minute song to this one, I think it would have been a little more easy to pay attention, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, and it was the perfect way to do it because the album is really undeniably enjoyable top to bottom. Now, there was never a time where I discontinued listening to it and started over or didn't want to start back over after I got all the way through it. It's a very easy-to-listen-all-the-way-through album. It has a great flow and pace. Yeah, uh, I agree. But I just... So, okay, uh, let me just let me just touch on the rainforest. The Carboniferous Rainforest Collab was a minor extinction event. This is Wikipedia. That occurred 300 million, 305 million years ago in the Carboniferous period. But it, it altered the vast coal forests that covered, uh, I guess, around the equator and it says Euro America, which is Europe and America. So it may have fragmented the forest in the isolated refugia 
or ecological islands, which in turn encouraged dwarfism and shortly after extinction of many plants and animal species. Uh, and then coal-forming tropical forests continued in large areas of the Earth, but their extent and composition were changed. Huh. Anyway, um, I, I got really cool one day, and I listened to the last song of the album, and man, I, it's so, it's like, it's like one of the saddest songs you could ever listen to, to think about what the great dying is. Um, and he's talking about it from a, I guess he's, he's a survivor of it. He says, he says we'll survive the great dying. And I guess he's, so he's witnessing it, right? Uh, it could be Mother Earth talking about it. It's not clear to me who he is in this, but um, this is one of the most mind-blowingly fucking consequential extinction events you could possibly think of. Um, it was a... Uh, the Great Dying, let's see here, approximately 81% of all marine species and 70% of terrestrial vertebrate uh, species became extinct. The largest known massive extinction of insects. 57% of all biological families, families and 83% of all uh, genera, which I don't know what that's like another way of classifying animals, I guess, on Earth. On Earth. But anyway, it became extinct. So just a fucking monumental extinction event that is like I didn't even know happened yeah and uh, the sev the severity of his tone when he's singing is I think perfectly reflects that I think it's that it's heavy as shit like concept wise isn't this the album the coolest way to learn history ever like I wouldn't have given a For shit real. about any of this stuff ever I was so inattentive in school about history and stuff and then I listen to an album like this and I'm like looking at it like wow this is actually fucking cool shit dude it is wild well it gives you a makes you feel small i guess i mean it made me think uh you know the human race <laughs> a fucking blip yes it could it could just disappear tomorrow and it would have been like one of the most one of the weakest states or uh you know 10 years i guess of a species right yeah. and you, you know it's funny you say that it's small like the um we're such a small event his this song in particular but frequently throughout the album it sounds almost like he's singing in like an auditorium or like in a box or a booth somewhere where his voice sounds purposefully tiny in the I don't know how to describe it I don't want it to be sound like I'm saying anything critical I'm not saying this is critical I'm saying this as a, an applause to the method of the like recording huh so it sounds like you hate it <laughs> yeah it sounds like you're wiping your ass with it uh, no I, I'm saying I'm, what I'm trying to convey is I, I feel like the recording of it was purposefully done in the production to make it sound like his voice had a big space to fill. Like it just sounded like it had to reverberate into a big empty space. He doesn't sound louder than the space. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Like, yeah, the, I understand. Yeah, I he, think so. you know, because there's there's a there's a way of singing and recording where the vocals are dominant and powerful and driving and they're recorded with your face pressed against the microphone in a tiny room and it's just loud and fast and furious but there's right. another way of doing it where it's like he must have been in a space that was incredibly soft and sound absorbent and it just sounds like his voice just goes out to this huge expanse in particular on this song almost like he's singing across like a huge plane yeah i could totally see that that's an interesting way i didn't think about that it's a pretty interesting uh, uh Thing to have noticed you know yeah that, that stuck uh, out gonna, to me in this song i think it's wild sure yeah yeah it sounds like he's always being engulfed by the events you know? yes like, uh, exactly that's it, the it, word yeah it totally yeah it totally lends credence to how big the ideas are and how heavy that shit is um so yeah i think that's a that's a pretty cool way of looking at it man De um, definitely yeah, definitely one of the best ones you've given me lately i mean maybe you know in a long in a long 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 time i think Probably in terms of ones I've listened to most, Alexis on Fire, Crisis, CKY, obviously Infiltrate, Destroy, Rebuild. You give me, we both love that one. And then this one are probably the top three of the ones you've given me where I, I really love this one and I play it regularly even when yeah, I'm man. done talking about the review. I made a claim. I said it was the best one I've recommended to you. I think, God, sometimes I feel that way. And I don't know. Especially when I listen to that last song. I think it's one of my favorite songs of, the, of like, I don't know, the last couple of years. Maybe the top, top 20 kind of deal. It's hard to pick one fucking song. Which but, is um, which is so interesting too, because again, if you go back and listen to the song structure of it, it's just it's very hard to identify how they flow this stuff all so well, but there's no clear 
transitional like things that you listen to in music. It just it just goes. I would love to get these guys on the show and and talk with them about their education in music theory and like how they put this stuff together because it's very unique, incredibly, incredibly unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude. And I'm kind of a nerd, I guess. My, one of my favorite uh, approaches to metal is the informative approach, right? The educational. So I love, I love part of the reason I love Maiden. Judicator does that great. Yeah. Um, and these guys, Judicator is all shit about Rome and, and the Byzantine Empire and yep. uh, awesome shit like that. The, uh, and these guys do geology, or I guess it's geology. But um, yeah. Anyway, neat. Very cool. Awesome. Good stuff, brother. Well, I appreciate it. Another episode in the books. If, if anybody wants to go and vote now about the discussion that Phil and I had, it's hard for me to say that I think my album was markedly better, and this is why I'm mentioning it now, because I'd like to know what the audience thinks. For me, it's a really tough call. If I could only listen to one more of these albums, one of these albums, again, and not the other, oh, man, it'd be like picking kids. It would be really tough because I love the Watershed album, and I really love this one. So I think the way I'd reason it out is I'd actually pick Phil's because I know I could go back to a whole bunch of other Opeth stuff that would satisfy me. So if I had to in that predicament, I'd pick Phil's. But uh, it's a tough call, man. Really a tough call. So I'm interested to see what our listeners think. All right. I'll pick mine too only because of The Great Dying. How much I love that song. But um, yeah, not only, but that's what tips the scales. Although Lotus Eater... Brilliant fucking song. Burden, brilliant. Not going to show them at all. So. Yep. Tough call, right? Can't get wrong. Yep. Can't get wrong either way. All right, my dude. Well, I need a half well, second here to decide what I'm going to pick for you next because I'm really torn and I need you to buy me a little time. So do you know what you need from me for the next review? Do I know what you need? What do you mean? Do you, um, do you know what album I need to review for you for the next show? No. I will. Yeah, yeah, I do. I got I to... Got, a zillion. I know you have a boner for Kalma, and I wanted to recommend it, but um, you know, I don't know. There's a band. I don't know if you've heard of it, heard of them, or heard of the album, but uh, I hope not. And I hope you like it. Uh, they kind of jumped out of me on those YouTube algorithms, but I'm gonna go with um, Sunless Rise, and the album's called Unrevealed. Okay, cool. I've never heard of them. Cool. They're um, I want to say a whole lot. It's definitely Prague. They're called progressive. They're called de- like melodic death. I don't know if I categorize them that, but that's more proggy, um, and sort of death. But the vocals aren't necessarily brutal, but they're good, very good. It's all very. It's a great album in my opinion. So I think Su- you'll like it. Sunless rise. Yeah, unrevealed. It's got unrevealed. like a dude on the front, like punching. I don't know. Looks like he's punching like an eye structure. I don't know exactly what he's doing. Okay. All right. Love and, it. Uh, I'm gonna pick for you. And I have a running list here, and I couldn't really decide, but I, I definitely just decided uh, because of what you said to me about the history stuff. I am playing on the background here the opening track from an album called Epur Si Muav by Hagard. And, uh, oh, you love those fun guys. Yeah. I really do, bro. And uh, do you know this album, Epur Si Muav? Nah, no. Nah. All right, good. Then I expect that you'll love them too by the end of this because this is all-time classic. It's E-P-P-U-R space S-I space M-U-O-V-E, and the artist is Hagard, H-A-G-G-A-R-D. Also from Germany, since you sent me the Ocean Collected from Germany and you like the history stuff, I'm going to, I'm almost positive you're going to freaking love this one. So, Sweet. Until we'll next time. You guys on the cruise, right? Yeah, I got to interview these guys on the cruise. I've seen them a couple times on the cruise, outside, inside. They had a full orchestra with them, like 20 members. Unbelievable live act. So I, I'll be gushing about them when I hear your thoughts. Definitely. All right, brother. Unless you got anything else, this is the Great Heavy Music Podcast. Phil, as always, thank you, brother. You're the man. You're the man, buddy. See ya. See ya.